racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. It's a huge week for the Green Light On podcast as we count down to the Meadows on Saturday night, backing up night after night with Thursday night racing at Sandown, Friday night Warrigal for the Cup, Saturday night, Saturday night to the MGRA. Wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be an intro without some kind of mistake. Corey Smith's putting the pressure on me once again. Smithy, how are you, mate? Welcome along. If I was uh, any smarter, I'd think that... Uh you were getting a little bit nervous talking to me. I don't know what's going on, Jim, but uh, the last couple of weeks, so I had my couple of weeks off, you've been uh, been a little bit scratchy. Well, i tell you what's scratchy is the audio quality of you at the moment. Uh, sounds like you're recording from an igloo, but that's all right. We'll, uh, we'll soldier on. I get what you're saying. But, um, no, look, as I said last week, mate, just, uh, just nice to have somebody else on the podcast. We actually had Ethan Christian uh, come on and join me for Warrigal. So, yeah, maybe I am feeling the pressure of you uh, these days, Smithy. But uh, just prior to us going to air, mate, we had a bit of a chat about what's coming up at the Meadows and uh, what's been happening, obviously, of late. Obviously, the Melbourne Cup Carnival led into the Phoenix. We had the top guns and it's crazy to think we're only just on a month away now from the I guess you could call it the the summer carnival starting off with the the Australian Cup the Tim Lee and, and all of those feature races yeah it comes around quick it's uh it's it's not an afterthought either you know the Australian Cup's obviously the big traditional race the Phoenix has been around for a couple of years but the Australian Cup is uh very very high up on the list of of the race that the trainers want to win so the uh Tem Lee the rookie rebel in the zoom top that'll come around on February 11th which we've just ticked under a month to go so that's uh it's nice and exciting and just uh, just remind all the trainers that listen because I know they just about all do um that we've we've uh, last year we scrapped the invitation process so basically it's still a not so it's still an invitation essentially but we we pick from the the dogs that have nominated so the trainers have to nominate with grv that for their greyhounds to go into consideration for the panels to select them to be in the races so february 11th the tem lee the rookie rebel on the zoom top make sure if you've got a dog that you think's worthy of that make sure you nominate with grv Okay, Smithy, this is our 101st show of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. We celebrated the big 100 uh, with the Thursday meeting at Sandown Park, but I was riding solo, so I thought uh, I'd have a little bit of a chat to you, Smithy, and, and you've been kind enough to uh, to donate a couple of vouchers that we're going to be giving away on this week's edition of the podcast. What are the, what are the vouchers that the Meadows have been able to, to muster up for the number one podcast? Well, I think over the 101 episodes, we've spoken about my love for the City View Bistro quite frequently, and uh, I think we're we're going to chuck out a couple of uh, $50 City View Bistro. City View Bistro vouchers, so uh, hopefully hopefully they can answer your question or however you decide to give them away, but um, yeah, it, it, hopefully we'll see them, them come and use that and have $50 on the Meadows. Yeah, well, it's not a massive competition or anything. All you have to do, if you listen to us on Spotify, scroll down below where you listen to the episode and there will be uh, a little section where we can ask a question. Now, the question is going to be, where did Corey Smith finish on the tally in last year's Punters Punting Club. Uh, it'll be multiple choice, first, second or third. If you get it correct, uh, all you have to do is either write first, second or third and then maybe just put your name and number or something like that and, and we'll get in contact with you. We, we, we have a couple of vouchers to give away. So I'd love to do that, get a couple of people involved and, and then get them to uh, 
to the Meadows to enjoy the City Views Bistro, which we've spoke about so much, Smithy. The only thing is you failed at the quiz, but the food will not fail whoever gets to go and eat it, let me tell you. Well, that, that, that was a bit of a stitch-up, though, by you asking me the prices <laughs> when I'm uh, I'm clearly not putting my hands in my pockets to eat it. I'm uh, just uh, wording up the chef and being a nice bloke and getting it for free. So that was a bit of a stitch-up. But, well, no, as, as I kept saying, over the value. So uh, that just goes to show that uh, it's very, very well priced in the City View Bistro. You can see why I'm getting a little bit nervous interviewing someone like you because you're just getting bigger and bigger, quicker and quicker <laughs> in the sense that, you know, you, you just, you're just becoming this megastar and, and, and you get... Free food, free this, free that. That doesn't happen to me, Smithy. I, I thought that was going to be a fat joke then, yeah, Jim, but uh, that's all right. No, we, we have plenty of fun and I'm getting bigger and bigger, but uh, no, the City View Bistro, I, I certainly can't recommend it highly enough. One man who can't pull a joke about weight is me, Smithy, so you're, you're 100% <laughs> safe, mate. Run all. Oh, <laughs> let's get on to run of the week. Uh, false confidence. Well, that sounds like that might be you at the moment, Smithy. Uh, false confidence, or maybe it's me, lack of confidence, but uh, this is a great hand for Aaron D. Batista, who's going really, really well, and this win last week was outstanding. False confidence, slow to begin. Mapunga Warrior jumped pretty well to the inside, going very fast there. Fabia, though. Mapunga Warrior went out to the tail on the field on the first turn. A fair way back to us. Good chat, Westby. And third last would have been Spring Casper. Down the back, it's our Fabia, the leader. Three out in front. False confidence, second. Three lengths away then. Over on the outside, wheel and go, followed by Spring Casper. Two lengths by then, Lara Reindeer, followed by Mapunga Warrior and Good Chat Westby. They turned for home, though. Out far behind the leader. False confidence got up on the inside. False confidence took the lead and came away to win by a length and a half. It's a good win, false confidence. Greyhound on the up. And I think Aaron D. Batista is just a, a really, really good trainer on the rise. He's probably still a little bit underrated, but when I went back through his Greyhounds, his stats, and what's he get, what he gets out of them, he, he's a very, very, very good trainer. He's Aaron D. Batista. Yeah, he is, and False Confidence is a greyhound that's probably flown under the radar a little bit, come through the Silver Chief series, but it was it was really, really hot. We've seen some serious greyhounds come through that, obviously led by Amron Boy and Rejuvenate, but Landon Bales found his way into a Warrigal Cup, so it's a great series, and... Uh, False confidence. He he's yeah. He's a very very high class animal, and I'm a little bit disappointed in myself that I jumped off his bandwagon and went with Mapunga Warrior, the old boy in that race. But false confidence, too good. Saturday's preview. Saturday night preview time. Uh, we are going to catch up with Jeff Gorgioski or. Georgioski, we'll find out how to pronounce his last name and his greyhound names in just a moment. But before we get into that, uh, 12 races, 12 winners to be found at the Meadows. We'll start off with the uh, first event, uh, race one, 5.25, mix six and seven, 6.42, the first hard, hard race to begin, Smithy. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm going to try and find the leader, and I think that's Magic Muffin. I tipped her last start, and she didn't quite get the job done. She had no luck, but I think she can lead this one, and I think she can be winning Magic Muffin for me. I agree. I'm with the Magic Muffin. Great minds, great minds, great minds. Race number two, the uh, the stayers here play nice. Probably the, the, the proven stayer, I guess, in the race and has come up with box number one. Oh, I think Shazani's a bit of a chance, a greyhound on the up, but I'm, I'm just going to stick with the proven stayer who's been there, and I think he's, he's really game fit and that is number one play nice 
Yeah, I'm with you there as well with Play Nice. I of course think, you are. Uh, this, is a, this is a drop in class. We seem to be the first couple of races just on the same wavelength the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, I think Play Nice will be the hardest one to beat. Good draw, drops in class a little bit, and uh, we'll be winning this one for mine. I think there's only three greyhounds that can win race number three. Indy Fido's one of those. Drawn box one was an outstanding winner two starts ago um, at Geelong at a big price. Aston Gamble's the other, and Jackpot Joan, who I don't mind from a, a wide draw, but I'm probably going to lean to a small each-way bet on number one, Indy Fido. I'm leaning towards Jackpot Joan, and that's because I think Aston Gamble can get across and lead, and I think Jackpot Joan will just get a nice little cart into the race and uh, has been in pretty decent form, handles a wide draw. So for uh, Glenn Dayton, I think Jackpot Joan will be getting the job done. Tell you what, race four, you'd feel for these greyhounds who are in this race because this is one of the more frenetic pace races I think I've seen for just a grade five heat. Run Baba runs one of the... The, the faster beginners on the provincial circuit really can't run the 500 metres out at this point of her career. Uh, Joliet Bales split 5.02 and 5.05 and then 5.06 at Sandown in the last three Metro runs. And, and Action Girl's one of the best provincial sprinters up to, say, 400 to 450. So where, how does this race play out? They all can't lead, Smithy, so it's a, it's a tough one. Yeah, this is a race where I, I won't be punting in myself. I, I kind of try and find the leader, and that's usually where I, I start most of my form, and finding the leader in this one's a little bit difficult. I have landed with Action Girl, just a class, but I think she'll be a little bit too short. We're obviously recording this when we don't see any uh, markets out, but uh, Action Girl on top for me, but I just don't think I can punt into this Do one. Do you reckon she'll run 500 out? Uh, no, is probably the answer. Far but sometimes front. you don't have to. Mm. Sometimes you don't have to run it out. If you if you're six, seven lengths in front, even if you're paddling late, you can get away with them. I mean, if she runs a thirty and twenty, or thirty and thirty, she can probably win this one. Yeah, and if she's got Joliet Bale run, Baba run, running cover behind her as well, she'll be hard to beat. Look, I'm with one Octavia Bale. I just I go back to the, the run four starts ago here. Has come from last from box five. Awkward draw went 30 and 39. Going into box one where three of her career wins have come from. I just think she's going to be a big each way price. And yeah, if she can push up to say leaders back and that line of three happen to come together, I think she can run well. Race number five. This is another hard race. Uh, Elite Machines, the West Australian now in the, the care of Kelly Bravo has had two runs here. First up was good behind Elite Alex and then ran uh, just off the, the place getters. Was only beaten three lengths in a heat of the Warrigal Cup. That's the form line I'm taking into this race, so I'm going to go with three, but a close watch on number eight, Exalted, who does love it here at the Meadows, and number seven's got early speed and might just bring the eight across. Yeah, I think if you swap the boxes between the three and the eight, I'd probably be more keen on Exalted, but Elite Machine, as you said, very good Western Australian form, comes down here, gets beaten by Elite Alex, who I have a massive opinion of, and then Panadero Warrior, obviously, in the Warrigal Cup. Uh, heat, and yeah, I think Elite Machine can get first win on the board in Victoria. Yeah, Lover's Bale in race number six is the uh, the on topper for me here. This was a, a pretty big win down at Warnable last start in the summer sizzle. Just have a listen to the closing stages here. Getting up on the rail. Lover's Bale went through, grabbed the lead and beats Gomez Bale. Then incineration, West Star Commander, Orbital Bale, Spaghetti Legs, Nahalem, Mr. Beats. Nahalem, Mr. Beats, Orbital Bale, a couple of really good greyhounds down the track. And what I liked about that win of Lover's Bale... The 390 at Warnable wasn't enough. He was just starting to rev up into his gears. I think he's getting better and better. Those last two runs have been good, but I thought that win in the final. He was $24 given no chance in that summer sizzle, and he blew them away. So I'm marking him one of the better bets of the night here, number two. I think he'll clear the red who misses and then crashes wide. He'll be off and gone with the money, number two. 
Yeah, I'm with you there as well. You don't often see a position in running with a seven in it when you get the job done in 21.78 at no. over the 390. That's a, that's a cracking run. And as you said, it was a it was a high-quality race too. So uh, you're happy to be with Lover's Bale as it comes back to the 500 here. Seven of the eight of those greyhounds in that Warner, believe not all eight, would lead this race at the Meadows with consummate ease, I think. So that's, that's the, the class of that summer sizzle race. So I'm really keen on Lover's Bale. Race number seven, uh, hot scotch this star sprinter drawn box number five to be honest i've found him a little bit hard to catch but this might be the right race for him the concern is number seven who does begin and and then go uh goes pretty hard left americano miss but i I can't tip against hot scotch knowing what he can do yeah i'm kind of anticipating hot scotch to be quite short maybe a dollar fifty maybe even less than that uh which is not a price that i'd be willing to take but the dog that he's drawn perfectly is kanji giant out in box eight as you said americano mr seven does like to go left kanji giant has won five times from box Mm. number eight so loves to be drawn out there and i think if you can get an each way price he might be worth playing that that each way play yeah, and five starts ago went 5.07 leading up in the race won by Kasai in a free-for-all. So into a grade five heat, probably a chance. Yachi Bale, I'm with in race eight. The run had to be seen to be believed last time at Sandown. And I think now that they're sort of continuing on this staying campaign with him, 600 metres, 600 plus, I think he will end up developing into a greyhound that, that wins over more than 600 metres. So I'm with, I'm with Yachi, but there's always that little risk with Yachi Bale that he does need some luck at the right time. Yeah, he's a dog that I can't really catch, Yachi Bale. He's obviously got a high uh, amount of abilities. Obviously, a Melbourne Cup winner. He's been over further. He's won over the 650 at sale. He's an absolute superstar. But I'm going to be with Extreme Jewel here. She was very impressive at Sandown. I know it was only a Sunday meet. She went 29-28. Um, but she she's a greyhound that's also come off a 650-meter campaign. So if she can lead, she'll be very, very hard to run down. So Extreme Jewel, I'm anticipating an each-way price. If she's shorter than that, I'm probably not keen. Yachi Bale's obviously the class runner, but extreme jewel for me. She's an extreme jewel when it comes to the Breeders' Barn as well. Extreme jewel. Have you seen her litter? <laughs> have you seen it, Smithy? You've gone quiet. What was that? You have just you seen, cut out for nah, a Have you seen the litter of uh, the uh, the extreme jewel, who she's uh, part yeah, of? She, she go, yeah, she goes. She, she's uh, got a couple of litter mates that, that go okay, doesn't she? Do you know who they are? Well, she's fast yeah, and there's no slouch yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a reasonable litter. Well, I think she's well-named because she's the extreme jewel, really, in that sense, isn't she? She's won 73000 herself, and she's going to have a very, very good career in the Breeders' Barn, I would have thought, post-racing. What about race number nine? Now, this one over the the, uh, the 600 metres, City View Bistro final. If you want to vouch it to the City View Bistro, just answer Corey Smith's question. Uh, well, my question about Corey Smith, I should say. <laughs> Where did uh, Corey Smith finish in the Punters Punning Club this year? It's either first, second or third, and... I'll pick out one or two of those responses. And you have to do that through Spotify, Smithy. So just scroll down below uh, where you listen or click on the episode, scroll down a little bit, and you'll see the, the question there. And just leave your name and your number and the correct answer, hopefully. And I'll dish out a few of those $50 City View Bistro vouchers. But uh, race nine, mate, the the tastiest race name on the program. This is a this is a ripping race for a one to six win final. I think Osprey Athena. We've seen her last couple of starts have just been absolutely electric. Thirty four twenty five and thirty four thirty three. Uh, but more impressively to me, she's broken nine seconds to the first peg both times as well. So I'm going to be with her. We've seen her handle wide draws. I know this is a tougher race and this is a good race. Maybe Boom Burst is probably going to be the overs from the inside drawn well. 
uh, but we'll need a little bit of luck. So Osprey Athena for me. I'm with Rock Me Rocco. I just think his form, a little bit up and down, but his best form, I think, well and truly enough to, to see him run well. And five starts ago, he was just beaten by on the off, who we rated that day, I think, is the, the best-graded greyhound of the century. So I think Rock Me Rocco can run a race. I raced against a Wannaburger at Hillsville on Sunday with Aston Roman. Uh, we prepared him, and, and this seven was Dewana Burke. It just lid pinged across straight to the front. So if he can cross and do that, we got beaten three quarters to him. But if he crosses and does that here with uh, a bit of sprint form, he's going to be he's going to be out and running. What about race 10? I'm having a place bet here on number three, Ordensia. If you stay tuned and have a listen to the, the chat with the Silver Fox, the trainer of Ordensia, in just a moment, you'll probably be able to see why I'm sort of leaning to a little each way, maybe place bet on Ordensia in race 10, the Horsham to the Meadows final. But, Smithy, this is a race you should be able to sink your teeth into. Oh, this is a, it's a difficult one, taking Horsham form to the Meadows. But Pierre Bale, I think, 30 and 19 PB from one start here off the inside. I think it can turn the tables on Zipping Bronte, who beat it last start. Race number 11, our Fabio ran a good race last week, normally a front runner. I'm going to go with the uh, the Cherry. I'm just not convinced on Zara's Ivan at the moment. He's, he's just dropped form. He looked a bit awkward getting to the line at Sandown three starts ago, and his form probably hasn't really gone on since that start. So race 11, mate, I'm with the red. How do you see it? Yeah, I'm with our Fabio as well. It's a dog that I keep chasing and uh, keep coming a little bit up short with, but uh, I'm going to keep going with him, our Fabio, because as you mentioned, Zara's Ivan, he mixes his form a little bit. His run on, I think it was Phoenix Night, was uh, an absolute cracker mm. as I look down at the form grade. It's 507.96. So he's got that sort of ability, and this looks like a really bit winnable race for him, but I just can't trust him at this stage. So our Fabio for me. One you can trust, I think, is Beatrix Bale in the last. This is my clear best bet of the night. Drawn box number one, down in class, uh, loves the inside of the track. And if you go through the last handful of runs behind Nicholson Bale, Ultimate Avenger, beat Amron last at Sandown in 29.57. That was the last time she had the red and then beaten by Money O's and Fernando's Quest. And the run, not too bad either last time. So box one, my best bet of the night. We have to wait till 10.33 Saturday night, but I think it'll win. Oh, you know what? I will be waiting as well because it is also my oh, best bet on oh, Beatrix Bale. So this is dangerous. The cherry in the last, the get-out stage, Beatrix Bale. But this is really, really nice placement, I think, from Mark Dalbridge here. Obviously drops in class. You reeled off some of the greyhounds that's been beaten by that form. doesn't get much better than that at this stage. So uh, Beatrix Bale in the last for me. Gamble responsibly, drink responsibly. But I've just started drinking uh, a drink called Bilson's. Have you heard of Bilson's? Oh, mate, it's too. that's oh. way too sweet. You, you and, oh, really? You and you made Al Goff, old Goff cuts. You're, you're big, uh, big purveyors of the Bilsons, but it's too sweet for me. No, I, I love a fruit tingle. Like, I love the lolly fruit tingle as well, and, and they are absolutely tremendous. So I tell you now, if uh, Beatrix Bale gets home, we'll gamble responsibly, we'll drink responsibly, but there may be a, a fruit tingle uh, drank after 10.33 on Saturday night, I think. Well, we, we do stock them at the Meadows. They're $10. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, we, we stock them. So if, you, if you're... If, pretty keen on a Bilson's. Make sure you come to the Meadows might, and pay 10, bu- 10 bucks a can. I might just exchange. I might try and win this $50 voucher um, and then just exchange it for five Bilson's. <laughs> <laughs> punters. Punting. All right. The music from the Punters Punting Club, and it's a worry because I'm, I'm, I'm concerned Smithy's going to walk down my street here. Uh, I'm going 25 each way on Beatrix Bale. I'm leading the pack after... Uh, 12 days into 2023. Almost forgot what year we're in, which isn't a good start. But uh, Beatrix Bale on with 25 each way. Smith, doggy dog. 
I'm going to go slightly different, but I'm going to bookend the card. I'm going to have 25 the win on race one, number four, Magic Muffin, and I'm going to have 25 the win on race 12, number one, Beatrix Vale. So some similarities, but uh, we'll go a little bit different. I'm glad you've done that because if you went the whole uh, 50 on Beatrix, uh, she'd have no chance. So good on you, Smithy. Uh, Good luck, mate, on Saturday, all right? (laughs) Cheers, Jimmy boy. Inside Info. Been able to catch the Silver Fox, Jeff Gorgioski, ahead of the Meadows on Saturday night, and he's been good enough to jump on the pod. Jeffrey, how are you, mate? Uh, very well, thank you, James. Hey, uh, how do we pronounce this last name? I always go with Gorgioski, but I'm getting it slightly wrong, I believe. Can you can you clearly? Georgioski. Georgioski. Oh, I'm so yeah. close. I'm so close. Georgioski. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've got that out of the way, mate. Let's move on to these dogs. You've got two racing and. I think every single person in Greyhound Racing uh, calls the Greyhound who is racing at the Meadows from box number two in this Horsham to Meadows final. They all call her Alakar, but just before we went to air, you said, no, 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 Jimmy boy, it's a Leica. It's a Leica, and I do like her. <laughs> and she goes well too, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's got a motor. She's got a motor. She lacks a little bit of early speed, but she's definitely very, very strong. She's showing. And you probably see the best of her when she gets over 600. She is showing a lot of, I think, gradual improvement, isn't she? Even just run to run, she seems to be getting smarter. And like you say, she's getting stronger. Yeah, she's getting stronger and she's getting smarter. But, you know, from a pup um, during pre training, uh, her first go. At Sandown, I think she wasn't quite 18 months. She went 29.69, so I thought she's going to be a, a, a nice bitch, this one. Uh, but, yeah, with the gills, they start getting knocked about a little bit and uh, they sort of go off a bit. But, yeah, once they get their confidence, they get a little bit older uh, and mature a bit more, they definitely get uh, better with their racing. It um, sounds to me like you're talking about yourself there, Jeff. getting better with age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got past that. <laughs> what about what about Ordensia? I've had a little bit of a look here, and I'm interested by the way you name your greyhounds. And Ordensia, the meaning is one who dares or one who is fearless. And I guess hey. in a greyhound, that's exactly what you want. That is exactly what you want, and uh, she is pretty fearless. She does have a big motor, but she's not the smartest race dog uh, on the track. Yeah, she goes wide, she goes inside, she goes. She 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 always misses the start. So with her, you sort of know it's not is she going to come out last. It's how far last is she going <laughs> to come out of the boxes, and then she just winds up. Um, but yeah, look, she's she's had a she's put in a few last the first wins which is uh good she's an exciting dog a bitch to watch um because you know she's got the motor there and with the right sort of run she's more than capable of running down a lot of dogs so yeah i'm, I'm happy with her i'm very happy with her what do you make of the draw uh, a like a box two at 950 or denzia is 34 dollars in box number three and look the way i sort of looked at the race i thought if if everything falls into place or denzia could easily you know, overhaul a field like this. Four starts ago, she won at the Meadows, beat Aston Tango, come from nowhere. Like you said, she's got that trademark come from behind finish, and she went 30 and 20. And I'd almost go out and say if she runs 30 and 20 in this, she, she's going to be right there in the thick of it when the uh, the whips are cracking. So I think the $34 in the form guide, if that comes up, Jeffrey, we might be having a little bit of a, a flutter on the edge. Yeah, that, they're, they're, that's huge odds. Yeah, and even when she ran... Um yeah, before her win down there, when she went to 30-20, she was in a final down there. I think she ran third. She was paying 70-something dollars. Mm. So, um, yeah, she's definitely got a motor. And if they bunch up a little bit and she gets, yeah, half a sniff, she, she'll she be running on. So, well, I like her. I like her. 
I think box two for her is perfect. Or Denzia doesn't matter what box she draws. She'll come out last and then either if she if there's plenty of room on the inside, she'll take inside runs. If there's no room there, she'll just switch to the outside five, six, seven deep, whatever it takes to try and get around them. But, um, yeah, they both try hard. So, yeah. Well, gonna... I think I like as the better bet out of the out of the two, even if the red if she, if the red leads, um, and she's sitting just off the back of them. I think she's capable of um, running over the top of them. Yeah, well, that was my next question. Who was the the best of the two? I think the value is definitely with the three. But if you were to solo trial the two, would it be Alika, who's the the quicker of the two? Uh, six months ago. Hmm. Or Odenzia uh, right was, was de- right now. I like as the quicker of the two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Hey, just having a look at the breeding of uh, Alika, the uh, the litter mates racing tonight at Sandown Park. Uh, we're f- recording this sort of Thursday afternoon. The episode may not be out by the time Sandown Park goes, but there's a, a pretty promising one in the the litter that uh, Jimmy Redenback prepares that won the the maiden heat in slashing fashion at uh, Sandown. So that must be uh, a nice feeling for you there, sitting uh, with the mum. Yeah, I'm wrapped. I'm wrapped. Um, with, with like, um, Lizzie A. Sophia. She she was, uh, yeah, great mum. And just to see her producing some lovely pups uh, is fantastic. I mean, you've got a Leica running in town. You've got a little critter that's running in town, and now you've got the boy as well. He had a lot of injury problems. Um, he was out for over six months because of hockey shoes, and for him to come back after six months and run 29.36 at Sandown first go was fantastic to see, and he's got to be a huge chance again tonight. So I was just having a look through your stats, and you seem to get a lot of longevity out of the, the greyhounds that you prepare. Always primed, had 150 starts. Bugs Baloney, 131, and he won 25. Soul Illusions, another who racked up the tonne with 100 starts, and Beers on Brody's, another who had about 114 for 16 wins. What, what do you put that down to? Is there is there a reason, or is there a knack, or is there a way that you can you can put down, I guess, to, to being able to get out so many starts from a greyhound and get them out successfully as well? Oh, look, I'm not one that pushes dogs in terms of uh, their distance range. Like I said, Odenzia and Alika probably better over 600 metres, and I think a lot of people would have already had them over the 600 um, by now. Um, that's the same with the, with the other dogs. You know, if I think they're they're a legitimate 500 or 600 metre dog, then I sort of race them over those distances. But I'm not one to to. Oh, some people turn over a lot of dogs in their kennels. I have an attachment to them, and I don't like to let any of them go. So, yeah, they just stay in the kennel. They're happy, and, um, yeah, get them checked. If they've pulled up well, they're good to go the following week. So, yeah, I don't think there's any real sort of secret to it other than um, just taking good care of them, and you take care of them, and they'll take care of you. That's the way I see it. <laughs> well, mate, you're doing a beautiful job. Thanks so much for your time, and we've learned a little bit. It's felt like a bit of a, a school class. We learnt how to pronounce your last name, uh, Georgioski. Am I getting that right now? Georgioski. Georgioski. I still can't Georgioski. get it right. And we, I, look, nobody knew about Alika, so I think that's uh, that's breaking news in the Greyhound game. I think yeah. uh, hopefully we can get that to the caller before Saturday night and uh, they can all yeah. change it to Alika and it would be nice if Alika can steam home a winner. And if we have a dollar each way, I think we, we won't just like her. We might have to rename her. I love her. Oh, I love her. <laughs> yeah. Good on you, yeah. Jeffrey. Take yeah. it easy, mate. Good luck on Saturday night with the two in the final. 
No worries. Thank you very much, James. That's all the end of a big episode of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget, if you want to uh, to try and get your hands on a $50 City Views Bistro, thanks to the MGRA, all you have to do is get onto Spotify, listen to the episode, scroll down a little bit as you're listening to the episode, and there'll be the question there. The question will be, where did Corey Smith finish on or in the Punters Punting Club? Either first, second, or third. If you can put the correct answer... Uh, that was from last year, of course. If you can put the correct answer down with your name and number, we'll hand out a couple of those $50 City News Bistro vouchers. Only a few to hand out. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Good luck anyway, punters, and, and happy punting. Listener.